see everybody. It's so hard up here in the front row seats. It's so good. How are we all doing? Yeah? Was that a good or was that a weary good? It should be a good. It's a good day. Amen? Why is it a good day? Let me see. It's the start of a new week. Isn't that a great, great way to start the, the sermon off? It's a new day. It's the start of a new week. And a new week in Christ is always a joy. Amen? Amen. Who came in today a little bit baffled, a little bit somewhat um, confused? Am I in the right place? Who said that when they walked in the front door this morning? No? Who was a little bit shocked by the Great Wall? (laughs) That's a bit better, isn't it, hey? (laughs) You know, I think uh, this week we got about a month's worth of work done in a week. Praise the Lord. We've got so much done around the place. And I just want to say thank you to a few people if I can. I'm not going to name you, but uh, you know that you're on my heart and you're on my prayers. And I just want to thank the Lord for you. We've had painters. We've had builders, people putting together furniture. Uh, we've had book coverers all week. It's been fantastic. And we've had all of our school staff here as of Monday morning, 8.30. They were here working very, very hard with the principal and, um, and getting things organized. Amen. Let me just say, they need your prayers. Yeah, okay, I've got your jam. Um, we need your prayers for the school. Um, there's been a lot of work done, but there's still a lot more work to do. Amen. So we just keep them in our prayers. Um, and children, little ones, where are you? You want to head out and follow Auntie Jan? Give them a wave, Jan. The kids' church are heading out to the back to your room, and the Bilbies may be heading out to the multifunction room behind the kitchen, which will become our school library in, on Monday. Because all the painting's complete and uh, things are looking really, really good. So in a week's time, the whole place out the back will be transformed into a school ready for our open day next Sunday where we dedicate the school and uh, parents will be invited to stay around for a tour and a small orientation and hopefully a barbecue. It's always nice to have a barbecue. Uh, But today, why do I say it's a good day? Because Today, starting the Lord off in the new week, not only have we said thank you to those who have helped, I want to say thank you to those of you spouses who have allowed your husbands or wives to come in and help and volunteer very, very much this week. We want to thank you for that. Thank you for giving up your time with them and uh, helping them to serve the Lord in that as well. But the other thing I want to say before we get into the word is it's a new week and it's a new day because today we're going to celebrate seven people getting baptized in Christ. Isn't that awesome? You know, in summertime, we like to do baptisms out at the river because it's nice and hot and the water is lovely and refreshing and we get to do a family barbecue afterwards. So today at uh, three o'clock, if you can be here at the church, if you don't know where we're heading, at 3.15, we'll be heading out, heading out to Swaggy's Beach and uh, we're going to be killing off seven people and seeing them resurrected into the newness of Christ. Amen? Amen. That's really, really awesome. Um, And most of them are here this morning, so it's really great that you're here. I won't embarrass you right now. We'll embarrass you enough this afternoon. So if you want to be a part of that, everybody's welcome. Just bring your own meat um, and maybe a salad or something for your own family and uh, come on down. Four o'clock, we'll do the the ceremony, the funeral service and the resurrection service all in one. And then we will maybe sing a few songs and and, uh, do a barbecue. Sounds good? Great. Awesome. Well, let's get into the word. 
Um, let us pray. Father God, we thank you uh, for an exciting new day. And baptisms, they always excite me. They always show me people coming into fruitfulness in their life. I thank you, Lord God, that not only are you resurrecting us today anew and afresh, but baptism reminds us, Lord God, that each day we choose to lay our life down and walk in resurrecting power. So we thank you for that, Jesus. Today, Lord, there's a word on my heart that I pray that will be communicated clearly and that will be received with openness in your spirit today. So we pray, Lord, have your way. Holy Spirit, touch our hearts. Open us to be challenged and to be transformed by your goodness today. Amen. Amen. I've got a little button here somewhere. I better turn that on. I'll throw my PowerPoint. Oh, it's already up. Look at that. We've got faithful servants everywhere. Friendship, faithfulness, fruitful. Um, there are three words that have been on my lips a lot the last couple of weeks. And uh, three words that <clears throat> I hope will remain on your lips into the future from today. There's three words that I think are on the heart of God for us this year. And they're three words that I know that if you embrace them, will bring transformation into your life. Amen. Uh, just a reflection I have shared this sermon before, this time last year, but I really, really feel the Spirit of the Lord just uh, wanting to prompt us in this a little bit more again and just to take us a little bit deeper. Is that all right? We can do that. So this morning we've got, um, when I get the green light happening, we've got um, our text, if you want to turn with me to Romans 5, 1 to 5, and uh, this is a really good passage of Scripture. It says, therefore, everyone say, therefore. Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Isn't that a nice thing to have peace with God? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Amen. I didn't hear an amen when I touched the word suffering, did I? And no one wants suffering in their life except for those who are let me just say, a little bit bolder than the average man and, uh, or the average lady. And, uh, but suffering produces a fruit in our life, doesn't it? So this is one of the, those passages in the Bible where we could say amen and be done. Like we could fold the Bible up now. There's enough in that that you could take away, if you know Jesus, to be challenged for the rest of your life. Yeah? You could say amen to that and we could go home. But it's also one of those passages you can spend hours and hours in and still only scrape the surface. So my intention's not to um, dig that deep into this that it goes over your heads. My intention is to make this applicable in our life, even today. It's a good scripture to reflect on in opening what we're doing as we tap into God's eternal wisdom. Paul in writing to the Roman church, is laying down a foundation of doctrine that will speak beyond this one church and this one letter. Meticulously, the Apostle Paul, a masterful letter writer, lays down the truths of the mystery, 
revealed to him in regards to Christ and his victory. So today I have these three points. And what were they from my opening slide? Our three F's. Friendship, faithfulness, and fruitfulness. Well done. Someone's been reading. Very good. So our first point really is this, this look at that we are first and foremost friends of God. Amen. We're first and foremost. And we get that from Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, since we, all of us, have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Having peace with someone can mean that you are his friend. And the scriptures go into deeper, a, a deeper sense of what friendship really is. But just this very one point that you have peace with God because of Jesus Christ and you accepting him as your Lord and Savior means that you can stand before him on that great day and God will welcome you as his friend. Isn't that exciting? That is exciting in my view anyway. So in this chapter, in the chapter preceding this verse, Paul writes um, of a very significant person in the faith. Uh, this father of faith, is, his name is Abraham, and he teaches us so many lessons when we read about him. But the most important story we glean as we read is of the covenant established with Abraham by God called the covenant of faith. Genesis 12, 1 and 3, in our reflections, will bring us this. It will say, Now the Lord God said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Who would like that blessing on their life? Would you like that blessing on your life today? Thanks be to God that in Jesus Christ, this covenant came through Calvary and is still the covenant that is in operation today. This is the covenant. You will be my people. This is the covenant that will come through. And we've shown Genesis 15, only a few scriptures over chapters over it says and he brought him outside and said look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them then he said to him so shall your offspring be and he believed the lord and he counted it to him as righteousness do we believe in jesus today the same covenant the same faithfulness that comes is the same answer and response of god in your life as we believe in God, He will account that to you as righteousness. Amen? And thirdly, Genesis 17, in 1 to 4, actually 1 to 7, says this. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. The big word there, isn't it? That I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. Remember, I referred to Abram as the father of faith. And it says, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude 
of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into nations and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your offspring after you. An everlasting covenant founded not upon sacrifice, founded not upon bulls, founded entirely on the faith of Abraham, entirely on your faith today. Do you understand? That's a very good covenant to be a part of. In the preceding chapter, Romans 4, 1 to 5, Paul writes, what then, shall, what then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Praise God we don't have to work to appease him today. Praise God we don't have to work and follow every law, every dot, every title of that law and see it come through. All because of Jesus. And this is the one I wanted to get to. John fifteen fourteen. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Isn't that interesting? Jesus himself looks to his disciples. And in the midst of a, a very important passage of scripture, Jesus says, you are my friends. It's nice. Look at the person next to you and say, I am a friend of God. Now look back at them and say, yes, you are a friend of God. That's important. Intimacy flows from that friendship. God's calling flows from that friendship. Who you are, who he's designed you to be, who he's destined you to become, flows from this first point of friendship. You can work your entire life to appease a God who is not interested in your works. Or you can come in humble gratitude before God and faith and say, God, I put away my filthy works. And by faith, I believe upon your son, Jesus Christ. And you are accredited with righteousness and friendship with God. You see, that is the good news of the gospel. God wants to invite you in to a friendship that is eternal, that will resist any temptation, not because of your goodness and what you've done, but because of His goodness in your life, for what He has done for you. And I think so many times we get so caught into what we're doing, we forget the intimacy with Christ first and foremost. Amen? But I think also sometimes... We also get this next one mixed up, faithfulness. Because sometimes we think we have to be the faithful ones. Let me go back to this friendship thing first beforehand. This friendship restores the image bearer title 
that belonged to man from the beginning. In Christ, through faith, in His completed work, you and I are now His image bearers. This is not an onerous task, but one that is founded upon friendship. As as friends of God, we are now free to worship Him. As created beings, we must settle in our hearts that we are created first and foremost for worship. In Christ, we can now fulfill this in spirit and in truth. That is John 4. We are redeemed back to God, not by what we do, but by His mighty hand of deliverance and breakthrough. This is the grace of God toward us, and it is the result of His work and not of ours. When we come to Jesus in faith, we are justified by His works at Calvary. Then this becomes an invitation to having that peace with God, Romans 5.1. What an awesome God we have. The next one, faithfulness. We get this one mixed up because we think we have to be faithful. We have to be faithful. Many, many Christians are faithful Christians, aren't they? They come into the house of the Lord. They dutifully do their service. They go out into the world and they're faithful as a light carrier. But to speak of the gospel, they're a little bit quiet. That one will leave up to the big, bold ones in the church. They're faithful at serving God. But first and foremost, you can only be faithful because God himself is faithful. If you're an image bearer of Christ, you can only bear his image of faithfulness. You can't work for it. It has to come from grace. It has to come as a fruit in our life. Faith is the fruit. Faithfulness is the expression of that fruit. When we come to Jesus on his terms, we see that our faith is a response first and foremost to his faithfulness. The invitation into friendship is an invitation into intimacy and relationship. One of father and son, not slave and slave owner. This intimacy is much like the intimacy we have with our young children today. As we pick them up and we spin them around and we let them fall over backwards only to know that dad will catch them. I was in the pool yesterday at Jan and Graham's and uh, Hamish has just become in, in a week, he's become really bold in the water and he was throwing himself back with his legs held around my ribs and he would throw himself back and dip himself under the water and hold himself there for about five seconds and then he'd come up and, you know, with a wet face and he'd be like this and he just, just knows that I'm not going to let him go. And it's such the same thing with God. Our faith is this in Him who's not going to let us go. There's an enormous amount of trust. And this is what we call faith. But it's not faith in our ability to please God or to satisfy Him or even add anything to His goodness and glory. It is faith in the very fact That what he begins, he will bring through to completion. It is faith in his faithfulness. God has started a great work in you. When you come to salvation, the works of righteousness are yours, full stop, period. Okay, That is your faith. 
It is sealed in Him. But He will bring through that works of righteousness so that it's not just a legal term, but that it is something that is outworked in your life. He's faithful. He is faithful to bring to completion that which He brings into your life. If God says you are righteous and you're not being righteous in a particular moment, the truth is you are still righteous. And when you begin to partner with the Holy Spirit in faith and begin to proclaim over your life that you are the righteousness of God, you start to step into a place of breakthrough and you step into a place of transformation and you start acting like you're proclaiming. Not because you worked for it, but because God outworked it in your life. That is His faithfulness. He will bring through to completion. 1 Corinthians 1.4 says this, I give thanks to my God always for you. Talking of the Corinthian church. So let me say this of you. Because of the grace of God that was given you in Jesus Christ. That in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, God is faithful by whom You were called into the fellowship of the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God is faithful. He will bring it through to completion. You are faithful because His grace is toward us to be faithful. If you're writing notes down, you need to write that one down. You are faithful because His grace, He has graced us to be faithful. Faithfulness. God is faithful, faithful like our father Abraham. We respond in faith to God's faithfulness. Abraham believed God. It was accounted to him as righteousness. And then not only did he believe God, but he put into action what God told him to do. Go out into a place he's never been. Go outside, look at the stars, and to believe God that all of his, all of his uh, inheritance will be like those stars. Faithfulness was what restored our relationship to God. Faithfulness. You look at Jesus himself. Faithful right the way through to his resurrection and ascension. Faithfulness is what saved you and I. Faithfulness is what reached down and picked you up out of the mire and placed your feet upon the solid rock that is Jesus Christ. It wasn't your works. It wasn't your attitude. It wasn't your desire. It wasn't even your faith. But it was God's faithfulness to position you in the right place at the right time where He could put the measure of faith in you that you would respond with faith. It's all about God. It's not about you. In fact, I said these three words are words that you're going to get used to me saying as well as the word breakthrough. But this one here, if you come to me and you've got a problem, this one's going to stick. Just die. Just, not God, die. Just die. The reason we all have so many problems in our life is because we're still hanging on to our will 
with one hand and we won't let it go because we're not yet quite sure how faithful God is and how trustworthy he is. The moment you let go of one railing to connect with the only true railing is the moment that you will step into this new life of freedom and victory. You see, the commendation to just die is this reflection on Romans chapter 6. Reflections upon baptism. It's the reflections of that you were buried with Christ into the waters of baptism. It is this sense that the old you in that moment was washed away, buried and left for dead, rose again as you were raised out of the water of baptism. You are brought into the newness of life in Jesus. But yet so many Christians will want to hang on to that one place of your will trying to resurrect the dead every moment, every moment. So when you say something and it comes across as me, 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 you're going to hear back, die, 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 die. Does that make sense? Because when it comes to me, I'm dead. The life I lived is now dead. The life I now live is alive in Christ. Amen? That's faithfulness. And that faithfulness restored our relationship with God. The original commission was to reign in a position of favor. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, let alone get an audience with Him. That's what prayer is, isn't it? We approach God in faith, knowing that He will hear us, knowing that He will respond to us. Without faith, you don't even pray. Without faith, you can't approach God. Without faith, you can't please Him. Thank God that we're all here today in faith, which is why Micah was easily able to say, God is pleased with you. Amen? That's how it works. Faithfulness restored relationship, but the original commission was to reign in a position of favor. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, let alone get an audience with Him. When God breaks through, Faithfulness is restored because he is faithful. Not because you are, because he is. And as a result of this breakthrough, or as a result, the breakthrough is that we are established back in his image, not by works, but by grace. This is not of our doing, but of God and his faithfulness. My question to you today on this second point, Do you trust God? Maybe it's this one point that's holding you back from the breakthrough in your life. Do you trust God? Have you let go of the side of the pool only to trust that God will never leave you, forsake you, or even let you down? Have you let it go so much so that you would leave your, your will in the past and move towards the fullness of God in your life. Do you trust God? Do you believe that God is all good, that His plans are for you and not to harm you? Do you know God wants to prosper you? Each of us are battling something of the flesh. The old mindsets, they need to break. 
the old mindsets, they need to be buried and not resurrected. Each of us have something that we're battling with. Paul tells us to be transformed. Amen? How do we transformed? By the renewing of our minds. We don't be transformed by holding on to the railing. We can only be transformed as we let God's word and God's nature and God's faithfulness and God's grace overflow us so that we become more like his son Jesus every moment of our lives. It's not a question of your faithfulness, but God's. And so many Christians are serving God, running around, trying to show and prove God that they're faithful. And they're hanging on and they're proving and they're proving and they're trying and they're trying. But in the end, they're not trusting. And I'm not saying that all of those things are bad. We need all of those things. But they've got to come from the right perspective. It's got to come first from God's friendship invitation. When we are friends with God... And we trust in his faithfulness and his faithfulness alone, not in the faithfulness of our partner or the faithfulness of our friend, not in the faithfulness of those who we have as our confidants, but in God's faithfulness. We come through to our third point, which is fruitfulness. The measure is not how faithful we are, but how fruitful we are in the light of his faithfulness. Will you dare to ask something according to his will? Romans 5.2 said this, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of what? The glory of God. It is his faithfulness. Is he not faithful? Is he not glorious? Is he not willing to show us this? Of course he is. But we must first approach him as a friend and not a slave. Fruitful. This is the third point. We become fruitful as Christians. We become fruitful as sons. What father here? Let me ask you fathers. What father here does not want to see his son become fruitful? You going to put your hands up or you're right? You're all right. You all want to see your, fa- your sons become fruitful. Why? Because it's an inherent thing in our life. Something that God has placed in us as fathers. That we want to see our sons become contributors to the society around them. To become the best that they are. To find the calling that God has on them and their lives. We want them to be fruitful. We want them to be contributors into our family and into this life around them. It's the same as God. Fruitfulness is a sign that God has broken through in your life. Romans 5.3, it continues. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It's really nice that that lines up with our new song of Anchor this morning, isn't it? I'm holding on to hope. I'm holding on to grace. Hey, We've got to let go of something today. 
And we've got to trust in God's faithfulness so that we can be fruitful. Because we're good sons of God. Amen? Are we good sons of God? You're all asleep. Are we good sons of God? Even the ladies, you're good sons of God. Okay? You want to be a son of God. You really do. Okay? Because God has an amazing blessing open for you. Wow. Suffering can produce fruit in our life. Amen? Suffering. Everything doesn't have to be hunky-dory all the time. Suffering will produce all of these things. Endurance and character. What else? Hope. Suffering. Suffering takes us into this place. It reveals the love of God in our life because of the fact that He has given us His Spirit. Our baptism candidates are showing that the fruit of God in them today, as the Spirit has borne witness, they are being led into the water. It is a place of responding in obedience to the Word of God, to the command of Jesus. And in this is a test. There will come a test after today. Our seven candidates, we have seven people being baptized. You need to hear this and hear this well. You will be tested on this commitment. Jesus was led out into the wilderness and tempted for 40 days and 40 nights to resist the devil. You need to know that when you submit yourself to obedience to the waters of baptism, you will be tested because God wants to do a work of endurance in your life. He doesn't want you to be baptized and walk away. He wants you to be baptized and endure what is to come so that He can produce character in your life. When there's character in your life, there's fruit. When there's fruit in your life, God receives glory. Do you understand? People are not looking for happy, smiley Christians. People are looking for fruitful Christians. If you want to lead someone to Jesus, be fruitful in your life. Don't just turn away and smile. Smiling is nice, but God is looking for fruitfulness and your friend, your neighbor who is perishing at this moment needs to see fruit in your life so that they too want to be transformed by the way they think. Fruitfulness is what God is measuring. He's not measuring our faithfulness. Let's get that one into order. Turning up on time is a character trait. It is something of faithfulness, but it's not going to get you into heaven. Amen? The fruit of the Spirit of God in your life, transforming you because of what Jesus has done, is what gets you to heaven. It's a transformation work of God in your life and God alone that opens the door. But once you step through the door, once you step through the gate who is Jesus, His abundance toward you is to produce character in your life that will produce overwhelming fruit so how do we measure fruitfulness and i just three things i thought of off off the cuff and this is not exhaustive but they're just three things a measuring our fruitfulness we are to be fruitful in our representation of jesus not in our representation of ourself i don't want to appeal to anyone i don't want anyone to follow my ways My ways lead to destruction. But Jesus' way 
leads to life and everlasting life. Amen? So we want to be fruitful in our representation of Jesus. Genesis 28, 14, Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. This wasn't just to Abraham. This is the word of God for you today. This is applicable in your life. You will be a blessing to those of the north and the south and the east and the west. Because your offspring, your harvest will be plentiful when you start to show fruitfulness in your life. We are to be fruitful. Our second one, in our calling to worship in spirit and truth and to be the ambassadors of the King of Kings. Fruitfulness in our calling to A, worship, but not to just stay in the presence of God. We have to tension that with our, with our ambassadorship, with the obedience to the calling of God. John 4, 23 says, But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. 2 Corinthians 5.20, in the middle of a very important passage of Scripture, Paul writes, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And thirdly, we are to be fruitful in blessing, both in receiving and giving. There are people I know that are in this church that just love to give. Give, 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 give. But you are horrible receivers and I'm one of them. I hate receiving. But thank God he's given me a love for it. It's really cool. We've got to both be faithful and fruitful in giving and receiving. Yeah? How do, how do we get to know the nature of God if we won't accept his blessing into our life? Amen? I like this passage of Scripture. It really, really sticks out. So fruitful in blessing, both in receiving and giving. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. It's a proverb. There is so much truth and wisdom in this passage of Scripture. We never know until we try it, though, do we? We become blessing, blessing to those around us. You know a way you can be a blessing to those around you? Lift up your countenance. Smile. Make their day better. Lift up your countenance and be a blessing to them. Offer to pray for them because they're down. You can be a blessing in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be financial. It doesn't have to be first fruits. But if you had time with the Lord in the morning and your first fruit was in that intimacy with friendship with God, and you connected with his faithfulness, your fruitfulness will start to come out. And you will see a need and you will meet it. No matter what it is, you will pray for that person, uplift that person, you'll give them $5, whatever it is. You'll find ways to be a blessing. And Abraham was commanded to be a blessing, wasn't he? Fruitful in the blessings. Hope does not put to shame, but produces what? Everlasting life. Is that right? If we're measuring our fruitfulness, we want to read five, Romans 5.1. Uh, 
Again, our passage of scripture. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit and has been given, who has been given to us. I can conclude now just reflecting on our three points. God invites us into a relationship. It was always his intent to walk with his beloved creation. It has always been his intent to reveal his love. It has always been his intent to be in relationship with you and I. And this is a question for you to reflect on. Today, are you a friend of God? Not because you want to be, but as a response to Him wanting to be. Are you a friend of God? If you don't know God and you don't know Him the way that I'm talking about Him right now, why don't we just bow our heads for a moment? The invitation is through Jesus. The invitation is that as I and you live a life of righteousness by His faith and faithfulness, the invitation comes as you see that we are transformed and completely different people because of the workings of God in our life. That we can be a blessing because we are blessed by God. That God would offer you to be a friend. Maybe today, God is just tugging upon your heart, just saying, will you be my friend? I've done everything in my power to show you how much I love you. And all I ask is that you respond in faith. Do you believe in me today? If you believe in Jesus right now and want to invite him into your life to be your friend, you just want to raise your hand. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we just invite you to be our Lord and our Savior. We ask that you would bring transformation by your Holy Spirit in our hearts. We would ask for those who just lifted their hands that you would show them how pleased you are with them right now. Transform the way they think transform their countenance and fill them with your Holy Spirit right now, Lord God. That you would seal them into your family as chosen sons of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Our second point was that God will prove He is faithful. And if you raised your hand this morning, you have to trust that God will show that He is faithful and He will bring transformation to your life. And I ask you, do you believe that God is faithful? And maybe some of you Christians sitting in the chairs, maybe some of you followers of Jesus have to ask this question really deeply this week. Am I working for God or coming to Him in faith? Am I working for God or coming to Him in faith? This is where we often get stuck between the works and grace doctrines. We come to God in faith alone and are justified by such. But once in faith, 
Let me tell you this. There is a work to do. But you need to keep this before God because it comes from relationship and faithfulness first. There is a work to do, but it's His faithfulness in you that will produce fruit. And lastly, will we as Christ followers obey to produce this marvelous fruit that Jesus wants to produce in our life? We stand to our feet as we pray this morning in closing. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word and we thank you that it speaks so deep to our hearts. And I pray that those questions will be reflected upon today, this afternoon, and even while we're baptizing our our candidates today. Lord, I pray, do a transforming work in our life. Help us to see that everything flows from intimacy. Because you are faithful, you will transform us into your likeness. And that will produce fruit in our life. Lord, I pray that we would be a fruitful church. That we would abound to your kingdom. The very souls that you've called us and graced us to save. That we would be prepared to work hard in discipling people. And helping them come into the fullness of this same thing. Friendship faithfulness and fruitfulness and all God's people said amen thanks Tess great word amen um can I ask the ushers to and ask the um